This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk for Wednesday, July the 3rd. I'm your host, D.A. Yesterday, the U.S. women's national team defeats England 2-1 for a spot in the World Cup's championship game. Yet again, the Americans show why they are one of the superpowers in women's soccer. But it was a win that didn't come in dominating fashion. At times, it was a white knuckler. In fact, some think the Americans got lucky. Here's the sports junkies on 106.7 The Fan in D.C. This was also without arguably their best player in the tournament, which is Megan Rapino, because right. she had a hamstring right. issue. So they say she'll be good. Uh, you know, five days she'll be rested, whatever, fully rested. I don't know. I, I just watched it going, and this is not a dominating performance by any stretch. They're really holding on there. They had quite a few chances there late. Um, I don't know. I thought they got fortunate. I thought they got fortunate when they got the, the penalty kick on a ticky tacky foul a couple of games ago. They've been, they've been lucky. That's soccer. They've been lucky in this tournament. So the U.S. now await the winner of Wednesday's semifinal between the Netherlands and Sweden. The Dutch are the reigning European champions. And yet another team from the continent on the rise. The United States beat Sweden in the final game of group play, but that final would bring back memories of the 2016 Olympics in which Sweden eliminated the U.S. women in the quarterfinals. So it's not going to be easy, but Rapino supposedly will play, um, which will make them stronger. There was, I don't know if it was controversy, but I guess some of the uh, some of the people like on social media and then the Brits were bitter at Alex Morgan's teacup celebration. I, I, you, I, I will say this. What were you going to say, Valdi? I was going to say, do you want to hear uh, some uh, British former soccer player kind of bitter? Sure, but let me preface that. Can I say my th- thought, and then I'd like to hear that. When I saw that, and I knew what she was doing, right? She was doing the teacup thing. I have to tell you, that I'm not a fan anymore of the individual celebrations. I used to get a kick out of Terrell Owens and all those guys and Ocho Cinco and he put on the Hall of Fame jacket. Right. But as I've matured. Used to love uh, the, the icky shuffle as way I've back matured, in the day. I, I do like that. <laughs> but as I've matured, especially with younger players, like in the high school level, I don't like the me celebrations. I like the team-oriented celebrations. Fun when bunch. You, when you score and you jump in the arms of your, your, your guys, your girls – that's what I like. So when Alex Morgan did the tea thing, I if I was being 100% honest with you, completely transparent, I didn't like it. Because it's just a me thing. You sound, a, like, you sound like an old fuddy-duddy. No, no, no. I think there's something to it. Now, we are I, old fuddy-duddies. But I, I think, am. I think it's the viral. But I don't like, the, I don't like the me celebration. Everybody wants to go viral. Yeah. And, 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 and 
sadly, it does lead to probably more endorsements and when when fame guys and score goals and they go down and they do all this, they take their shirt off, they're showing their belly and they're pulling their hog out. I just I don't like it. I think if it's quick I, I in like the moment, it. that's okay. It's, it's I just, generally like. I like the guy. You don't like you don't like your teammates' arms. You don't like how it's premeditated. I don't like it. It's a me thing. I'm telling you what I don't like. What about what Rapino did the other day, where she did? I saw like I'm not a huge wrestling fan, but they said that it was the the Randy Orton Viper. Listen, it's a part of soccer. It's a it's a long standing tradition of soccer where these where people go nuts when they score goals. I get it. They rarely happen. I still would prefer if you just go get excited and jump in the arms. Did you of your have teammates. a problem with Brandon Chastain? Did it? That was premeditated. It was, and but it no, was quick. It was no. like boom. Shirt I'm not off even sure. What did she say? It was premeditated. Had to have been. I'm not sure. I thought that was. Now you're going back 20 years. I felt like that was uh, sort of in the spirit of the moment. But maybe it was. Maybe she knew I want to give Nike a shout out or whatever sports bra she was wearing. I say I, I think a lot of it is contrived, and a lot of it is to better their own individual brand. Yeah, it's a me thing. Yeah, I like There's the no team-oriented celebration. Well, what if it's team-oriented, but it's pre-planned and it's goofy? Like the fun bunch. Yes, yes. I, I liked it as a Redskins fan. I did like it. I'm just telling you, as I've gotten older... I don't like the goofy, like when... when I, th- I might be botching the team. Is, my mind is failing me. It was the Eagles that would take like the pictures together and yeah. after touchdowns or interceptions. I'm over all of that. When like, Mama cheesy. started the trend of all the guys on the bench doing the <laughs> rowing the boat or whatever they're doing. Okay, that was cool for like a minute. Now every high school team in the country does it. All the kids on the sideline at, in any basketball, football, lacrosse, soccer, they're all doing it. And it's just... The only I thing like I'll it, say about that is it keeps the bench warmers involved. Get involved by cheering. But Eric, I'm just telling you. Alex's celebration yesterday. It was very benign. Of course. Any soccer celebration is just like that. Every Ronaldo goal. I know. Every I single told you one. there's a long history they of do it in the, soccer. They keep their momentum running. They do something. They pause. And then all the teammates jump on their back. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. Correct. That's why I said I'm just being just telling you what my feeling is, but I understand there's a long history of like crazy soccer celebration. But is it kind of sticking it to the country that you're playing to do the tea when you're playing England? It was, in all things, is pretty benign. <laughs> and I like Alex Morgan, of course. All right, let's hear what but. some of the Brit said. Yeah, you know, I think tonight I, I expected Alex to grab a goal, but I'm not that happy with that celebration. Uh, you can celebrate however you want, but that that for me is a bit distasteful. And I don't think she needs to do that. She can celebrate however she wants. And I'm a big believer in the Americans and how they celebrate. But for me, this was a little bit disrespectful. It is her 30th birthday, to give her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, maybe that's why she celebrated like that. But for me, I think it's... I could be wrong, but it's based upon playing against England and we love our tea in England. I'm not a tea drinker, but, you know, that's what we're connected with. So I'm a little bit... Um, I think it's a little bit distasteful. Hmm. I, I mean, it, it was... What a loser. I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. It was such a non a big deal. It's not a big deal. She did it for one second. I think she's yeah. a classy girl. It wasn't taunting, per se. I think it was. I, I think it was. I think it was a taunt. Nah, because she knew it in somebody's taunt. face. Huh? She it was, knew it no, in anybody's face. She's the whole country. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure you can say they got lucky considering the U.S. end up saving a penalty kick in the 84th minute. That, to me, is complete and utter pressure and rising to the challenge Alyssa Nair, the keeper for the U.S., saving a PK which would have tied things up with just five or six minutes left to go in regulation was incredible. Absolutely incredible to do that right before stoppage time kicked in. 
And so the U.S. survive in advance for a chance at the championship in a couple of days. However, not everybody is all about the U.S. women's national team. Most places across the country and on social media cheering in unison for the Americans. Not everybody, though, is impressed. Here's Mutt and Callahan with Chris Curtis helping to fill in on WEEI in Boston. That's all you have to say. I'm watching because of the stakes. I would not be watching these two teams play if they're playing a friendly, <laughs> friendly at Gillette Stadium. If it was on in my backyard, I would not tur- open the window shade. But because they- it means something, because it's for something, the Team USA, yes, I'm interested. Why can't you say that? That's that's the se- that's sexist to say or misogynistic to say. Of course not. It's different. That's why women play against women and men play against men. I mean, obviously, it's not the same level of competition, but it's the same stakes. That's makes that's what makes it compelling and, to watch. And can, I, I will I, I will give um, Giles and uh, Perry a little bit of credit here. They're sort of fumbling through, and you can hear in their voice they don't quite know what to say, but they don't really love it. They are n- n- they are not as bad as the people who are faking it, faking it. Now here's a report on Twitter. Here's there are Twitter. people here's faking their love Prince. of soccer and just doing this for the attaboys, the applause. Look at me, I'm woke. At least Giles and Perry are like trying to fight to actually say what they like, what they like about it, versus the people tweeting out for the the likes and retweets. Here's a tweet: The U.S. Women's National Team (USWNT) on Twitter might be my favorite group ever. Alex Morgan's tea celebration is going to light a fire inside girls everywhere, just like how Brandy Chastain ripping off the jersey showed it my generation how badass these women are now that's a female reporter saying that but but is that true i mean i remember where i was when when brandy chastain did that that was you know you You think that that motivated women to go play soccer i took my shirt off it was a big day and i don't i I think alex morgan wasn't sipping tea she was smoking a joint no she tweeted it was that was oh what do you think it was i thought it was tea i thought four a was right on with this tweet that looked like Mm-hmm. Smoking a doobie. <laughs> was right there. Double entendre. <laughs> Intentionally double. Oh, my God. Giles, they should have their own soccer show. That Just was phenomenal. Can we hear more of that when we get back? Yeah, we, we'll hear some more of that. And maybe we're wrong. Maybe people agree with Lucy Bird. 617-779-7937. Why are you allowed to say in 2019 the women's game not as good as the men's game? Whether it's soccer, maybe basketball, maybe all of these sports. I'm not sure. But I think you should be allowed to say that and not fear that the, the co-hosts with you are going to get mad. And Trenny can say they weren't ganging up on him. That's exactly what it sounded like. You know, no matter where you stand on the quality of soccer, there's no doubt if they end up winning the World Cup again for back-to-back World Cup championships, this U.S. team will go down in history as one of the greatest generations ever in American soccer. And this will rival the generation with Mia Hamm and Julie Foudy that really were the start of the greatness and the dominant team and country in women's soccer 20 years ago, which really culminated in 99 and winning the World Cup with Brandi Chastain's goal and her ripping off her shirt and showing her sports bra. That will live forever in American sports lore. And these women will have followed that generation up and had multiple World Cup championships we're still waiting on Kawhi, and so is the toronto raptor star is the nba finals mvp is he ready to go from a protected organization like toronto after a protective organization like the spurs into the fray that is a lebron los angeles lakers and all the media attention and scrutiny that comes with it 
Here's Bill Plaschke, longtime L.A. Times columnist who joined Damon Bruce and Ray Ratto on 95.7 The Game in San Francisco. Why would he go there and be LeBron's, you know, caddy? Why would he go there and be overwhelmed by the, you know, and he said, and everybody says, well, he can go there and then because they have LeBron and AD, he doesn't need to do media. Media is there. Media is, it's, it's a nightmare around LeBron, the, the amount of media. You can't get away from it. It's a circus. I mean, Kevin Durant had it exactly right, as we discussed on this show earlier, earlier in the year. He, you know, it's a, it's an incredible environment. It's a crazy environment up there. I can't, so yes, I would think the Clippers, they have a more stable front office. They have a more stable coaching situation. They have an owner with deeper pockets who is who's building a new arena. I mean, it's it just seems to be able to forge his own identity, much more so with the Clippers and the Lakers. But he grew up a Laker fan, and he grew up in the Kobe Bryant era when Kobe was you know winning championships, and he loved Kobe Bryant, and his uncle Dennis loves loves the Lakers. So I think that's 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 what I understand as the struggle. Given the fact that. It's unlikely that Laker management is going to change in the next five days. Why is everybody? Well, why do the why is the punditocracy all in on the Lakers, or is it just because he's the only team they've he's talked to yet? It's the brand. It's just the damn brand. It's unbelievable down here, you guys. You got to you got you got almost got to live in it to understand it. It's the brand is so powerful, and this guy's not joining the Lakers of Rob Palinka. He's joining the Lakers of you know Shaq and Kobe and 17 championships and the way they were 10 years ago that's what he thinks that's that's in his mind if he joins the Lakers that's what he thinks he's joining the brand it's amazing they can the Clippers have done everything right and they still could lose out just because the Lakers are the damn Lakers that's just that's just the way it is i mean they own this town in terms of popularity we have a sports talk radio show down here that talks about the Clippers like they're the Sacramento Kings or the Boston Celtics or something. Like they're an enemy team. And they're an L.A. sports talk radio station. The Lakers are so powerful and so big. Dodgers have been to two straight World Series. Lakers are still bigger. Bill Plaschke. Yeah, so it's just, it's just the brand. It's hard to explain. It's hard to understand. But that's all it is, the brand. Yeah, I can't see it. I mean, maybe it happens because... Uncle Dennis, Kawhi Leonard's uncle, wants to steer him to a flagship franchise and get him all the attention that would come with the Lakers. But if this is about a personality fit or a personal fit for Kawhi Leonard, there's no way he would want to walk into that, especially after Kawhi's campus conversations with Magic Johnson, and they immediately find the newspaper and TV. I mean, those are personal conversations that we haven't heard from any other camp, from any other team, from any other leak except the Lakers. Call them the Los Angeles Leakers. It's a joke. Why would Kawhi want to step into that? Now, is Kawhi the ultimate franchise guy? In other words, if you had to start a franchise today, would it be Kawhi who you built around? Here's Jamie and Stoney on 97.1 The Ticket in Detroit. Guys, with Achilles injuries, sometimes are never quite the same. Correct. So it's understandable if you'd be, uh, you know, I think Kevin Durant would have been the answer three months ago. But he might not be the answer today. Yeah. Well, see, when I hear the term build a team around, I always look for nah, the, the future, not just, you know, one and two, not just one or two years. To me, and I thought about it for a 
a mini second, <laughs> and I, I, I not I, I can't. So Cracker Jack show prep there. No, I, but it came down <laughs> to two people, and it was going to be either Kawhi Leonard, who's still just twenty eight years old and can do everything, score, defend, doesn't seem to be a problem with teammates. Uh, but I'm going to go with the I'm, it's Giannis to me because I think Giannis is so good. He I think he's only going to get better. His shot got better year by year. It's still not great, obviously, but I think and the fact that he loves where he is, he's a great team player. I don't think he's going to create any problems or drama. I would go with Giannis right now to build a team around. It's hard to argue with that because everything he does seems to work. He's got this great personality. He never has been any hint of an issue. I mean, Kawhi, for as great as he is, did kind of get his way out of San Antonio, which was the ultimate winning program. So you're like, okay, what's this guy really about? And he goes to Toronto, wins a championship, and here we are, what, three days into free agency, and he still is holding up the entire process, which yes. is quite quite something. I mean, yeah. it really is. I, I love, you know, we joked about this last week with all these reports. Reports are, reports this, reports that. Reports say that he still hasn't made up his mind. Report? Hell, I could tell you that. Yeah. Because if he'd made up his mind, we would know it because the team would let it be out there. It's not like the Lakers are sitting on some news right now about Kawhi Leonard. So I do think it boils down to those two guys. It's not LeBron anymore because A, LeBron is just too old, and B, he's just, he, he repels as many players as he brings in. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so now his fascination is with, um, with Anthony Davis and maybe Kawhi. And then you get the feeling that after a couple years, he might dispatch those guys. I mean, remember when he went back to Cleveland following his time in Miami, he basically made it seem like, okay, I'm home for good. Right. And that lasted for what? Four seasons. Yeah. And now he's on to LA. You know what? I got my championship. They got yeah. their championship. They I don't, don't blame him. him. I don't no, blame him. No, it's fine. Do yeah. whatever you want. But to, to me, it, it, it's it's Giannis for the reasons that we stated. Exciting, youthful, plays defense, he, he's, he tries to do everything, and he seems to do the right thing. And he also makes other players around him better. Yeah. You know, I mean, Chris Middleton, who did resign with Milwaukee, I'm glad he did because I think he would find a rude awakening if he went somewhere else for some sort of a max contract. Right. I mean, Lopez became a, a wicked three-point shooter this year for the Bucks, and he never shot the three before in his life. Yeah. Now, give some credit to Mike Budenholzer for that and the way he runs his offense, but also give credit to Giannis. I'm going to throw out another name and you're going to just yell at me and say you're a total homer. You don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. Okay? Go ahead. Andre Dr- No. Um, I'm going to just throw out, just for the sake of argument, Stephen Curry. Because I do think Curry is an outstanding team basketball player. He's a gifted passer. He's a great ball handler. He's obviously the best shooter we've ever seen. He plays good team defense, good help defense. He's not a good one-on-one defender, even though he's gotten better at that. And he does seem to be all about team. I mean, I think guys enjoy playing with him very much. Um, he has sacrificed so others could excel and succeed. And then when it comes time for him to put up again, he has put up. So I, I still think he, even though he's getting up there a little bit in terms of age, in terms of the undersized guys, I would just throw him out there. But but if I could have one player, I'd take Giannis. I think I would go with, Giannis as well, and and even though Giannis hasn't won a championship yet, heck, he hasn't even been in the NBA Finals, he's so young and so powerful. He does things that nobody else can do. He seems like a great teammate. He's incredibly hardworking, and just the physical mismatch, how can you 
match up against him? How can you relate to having that guy on the floor against you? There's just no way to body that guy up. And with more experience, you just got to feel comes more dominance. So, yeah, for me, Giannis is my vote as well. In the NFL, Roger Goodell sits down with Zeke Elliott after his run-in yet again in Las Vegas a couple of months ago where he was at a music concert. He gets into a confrontation with a girl that he's with. He then is taken by security and gets into an altercation with one of the security guards, pushing him over. And yet again, it's just bad optics for Ezekiel Elliott, which seems to happen every single offseason. So after this, is Zeke going to get suspended? Well, here's Sean and RJ on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. All right, what happened with Zeke Elliott yesterday and the commissioner of the NFL? It's still anybody's guess, but it looks like Zeke was forced to apologize. Sean and RJ on the home of America's team. We have to get to the latest with the Mavs. When is Kawhi going to drop his decision? An emotional day in Arlington yesterday for the Rangers against the Angels. But here is Zeke on social media with the Twitter post after his meeting. Earlier today, I met with the commissioner to share with him what occurred in Las Vegas and what I've learned from that incident. I've worked hard to make better decisions and to live up to the high standards that are expected of me. I failed to do that here and I made a poor decision. I apologized to the security guard, Kyle Johnson, at the time and I meant it. I need to work harder to ensure I do not put myself in compromised situations in the future. I am rededicating myself to use all the resources that the league has made available. But in the end, it is up to me and I am determined not to be in this position again. Zeke Elliott with his statement. That is a sign of a suspension, I think. Do you not? I don't think so. My my, my my gut feeling the whole time is this isn't suspension worthy. I think that this meeting was uh, a little uh, come to Jesus meeting mm-hmm. just to say, hey, and again, we're all guessing with Fidel Goodell. Did you understand that letter? Did you actually read the letter we sent you after you got suspended the first time? Did you think that we were playing around? Did you think that we were kidding? If you screw up to any degree... We can kick you out. We can suspend you. We can cost you more money. Any degree that you don't have to be found guilty. You don't have to be arrested. You don't have to be charged. Anything you do, like we're just bringing you in here face to face to let you know this is not a game. Now, go out, apologize, show remorse, which you should have done already on your social media account. Now, this is going to look a little bit forced. And get out of this office. We don't want to see you again. That's what I'm guessing. That's what I'm guessing happened. We're not playing with you. But I could absolutely be wrong. If the apology was kind of ordered by Goodell, I see that. If it wasn't and it was done on his own by like his own PR staff or the Cowboys, that's just like a last ditch effort. I I don't think Roger Goodell takes people in his office and and scolds them like a boss because he's not a boss. Jerry's his boss. Goodell is the overseer of punishments. I don't think Roger does that. You don't uh, think he I, does what? He is the boss of the players, and then Jerry's the boss of Goodell. Roger Goodell, yeah, di- know, Roger, right? Goodell yeah, he, Roger Goodell disciplines the players. Yeah, yeah. So from that regard, he's the boss, but like he's not like I don't think he's in a scolding 
kind of framework. Maybe he didn't yell, but you can still get across the message. Right. Uh, I I honestly don't think he's in the business of sending messages. I think he's in the business of suspending. Okay. Um, Because we have seen this. We've seen this a lot in just day-to-day life. You have to do some kind of action. You've already suspended him. That didn't work. A talk certainly won't. It's going to have to hit him again in the suspension department. That's how I would look at it. Now, I don't think he necessarily should be suspended, but I do think he will be. I think it's going to be two games. That's where I think it's going to sit. You know, for some reason, I don't think that he's going to get suspended. I don't think that Goodell drops the hammer on him. I'm not sure if this is enough for Goodell to come down on, considering it wasn't a punch, it wasn't a kick on the security member. It was just kind of pushing a little bit, and the guy falls over the barricade. But no matter if this is a suspension or not, can you ever trust that Zeke is not going to be in trouble? I mean, let's be honest. Can you ever trust that we're not going to be in the same spot a year from now or two years from now where Zeke does something stupid and immature in the offseason when he's got too much time in his hands? I mean, it just seems that no matter what this is, the ongoing story with Zeke, he's a great running back, but he's been coddled in college and coddled in the pros by his ownership and his franchise. The Cowboys never say an ill word about him. And when you have something like that, why would you ever change? There's no repercussions. Finally, on tomorrow, July the 4th, it'll be the first day off for longtime Yankees radio play-by-play voice, John Sterling. In fact, the first game off in 31 years. You've got to go back before the 1989 season. For the last time, John Sterling wasn't calling Yankees games on radio. And that year, 89, he only missed two games because of a death in the family. He has not missed a game since any. And think about it. The New York Yankees don't just play 162. First of all, it's baseball. It's not 16 games or 82 games. It's 162. And the Yankees are playing multiple playoff games basically every single year for, what, 20 years? Let's hear John Sterling. He's on with Joe Beningo and Evan Roberts on WFAN in New York. John, how you doing? The great John Sterling. John, how are you? Um, I'm okay. And, uh, um, you know, right now, actually, I'm a little under the weather. But <clears throat> I plan to to broadcast the games at, at City Field, and then I'll take the weekend off, and then All Star break. So I'll have a week to get myself together. Now, well, well, hold on a minute. So wait a minute. So you're telling me you just said to me something that I just I can't just let this go. You are uh, going to take the weekend off. You are not going to broadcast Yankee games for the first time since what 1991. No, 1989. Oh, I'm sorry. 1989. Wow. Well, this is a story, John. If I could stand up and give you a standing ovation, I would. Because that is, you've had such a great run. It's continuing, obviously, after a weekend off. But it is amazing, this run that you've been on. And you deserve the day off. It's like when Cal Ripken Jr. took the day off. He said, all right, I'm taking it. I'm ending the streak. And it's very similar in my book, Cal Ripken Jr. and John Sterling. So congratulations in all seriousness. Yeah, absolutely, John. Yeah. I mean, that is like uh, one of the – got to tell you, and I've said this to you for years, it is one of the all-time Iron Man streaks I've ever seen. God bless you, John. And actually, if you really want to count, who's counting? Um, <laughs> it begins, begins with my first Hawk game in November of 1981. I haven't missed a game since then, which is 38, 39 years. And there were five years – 
there in, in Atlanta when I was doing the Hawks and Braves, and I was doing about 220 games a year. Mm, wow. But I never felt like it was a problem. You know, even if even if I was sick one day, well, you know, I'd make it through the game. Right. But um, I think, you know, all my friends in the business, Tom Hamilton and Denny Matthews, and uh, I, I can't say how many, they keep telling me, John, you got to take some games off. you got to take some games off. So, so I'm going to take these four off the first time. And, you know, as far as a streak going, a streak is a streak. It's just numbers. Yeah, but it's very, it's ridiculously impressive, John. I mean, you, you know, you well, could thanks. just say it's numbers. Oh, yeah. I mean, and and I and I'm going to say this, and I'll say it again. You, you they got to put you in the broadcasting wing of the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's a joke if you don't get in. Now, you are a Hall of Famer. Well, I think, I think, Joe. Though one thing, it has to do with style. I don't have that style. But you I'm know what, though, John. St- you got the, you got your own style. I mean, that, that well, to me, course. that doesn't that mean something? Everybody's got to have uh, you. Everybody's got a different style, and your style is unique to John Sterling. So uh, even more so, should you be in the Hall of Fame? Okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> you got, <laughs> we'll, I don't we'll have a campaign. vote, John, but you got my vote we'll anyway. Campaign. Yeah. You know, you got that, we're, John. Were you sick of all those runs being scored in London? Because oh that was that was crazy, <laughs> man. Yeah, you know, one thing I will say. Um, this I think Susan would say it too. We've never had more fun. It's such a fun team. Of course, offense is fun, and um, you know, look what they have done with a staggering amount of injuries to to really big name people. Yeah, and it's it's really been a very a fun experience. And you know what? And baseball goes so long. Well, they're only halfway through. So whatever they've accomplished, it's only half. And they have to continue to do that and then get in the playoffs. So, But I, I would say this, this has been, I'm sure Yankee fans agree, this has been a tremendous year. You know, you just didn't know about DJ LeMay, who mm. as good mm. as anything I've ever seen. Yep. And, uh, you know, and Glaber and, and Luke Voigt, along with the big stars. So it's been a fun team to cover. Man, that is one of the craziest sports streaks ever. Certainly one of the craziest sports broadcasting streaks ever. Again, this is not a college football streak where for 30 years he didn't miss a game. That's 11, 12, maybe 13 games with a bowl game. This is not the NFL, 16 games a season. This is a crazy 162. 162 plus playoffs. I mean, when the Yankees are playing in the World Series in 96 and 98 and 99 and 2000, 2003, 2001, 2009. He's calling every game right to the last game of the season every year. Sterling has some kooky home run calls, but man, that longevity is nuts. And so, with that as your backdrop, we're going to miss tomorrow's Around the Dial. Yep, it's a holiday, so we're off. We're going to just take John's cue on this one. But we're back on Friday. Until then, we'll see you then, everybody. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.